Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to Dear World, Love Delilah, the quotable podcast with me, Darcy Lee, a moment meant to motivate, inspire, and empower. And I am super glad that you're here. So if you're joining me because you need the occasional reminder of your pure badassery or innate awesomeness, if you need help silencing that inner critic, getting through a tough day, want to be a part of a community of people who are dedicated to suiting up and showing up fully for their lives, or if you just want to be able to, at the end of it all, say, I did all I wanted to do with this life. I put it all on the table. I lived this life as fully and authentically and courageously as I could then welcome, because you, my friend, are in the right place. Every week, I will come here with something fun, fantastic, and authentic for you, whether it be amazing people, some of whom you've heard of because they are amazing out loud, and some that you need to hear of because their remarkable gifts are too good to keep behind the curtain any longer. We may also discuss an incredible book or share a beautiful idea that will help you truly live the life that you want to live. Together, we will meet, We will dream, we will learn, and we will laugh. Together, we will take this life by the horns and we will live it until the living is done. So, my fellow rock stars, are you ready for an adventure? Here's to the journey. I am really excited. Let's do this. Dear world, I'm sending you all the warmth and light. Love, Delilah. I don't like to commit myself about heaven and hell. You see... I have friends in both places. Mark Twain. Hey, 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 how's everybody doing? Uh, So I'm surprised that I haven't come to Mark Twain before this because the truth is he is absolutely one of my top three, you know, if you could have lunch with anyone living or dead, who would it be? He is absolutely one of my top three picks real hands down so I'm saying that so that you're not surprised uh, if his words and his thoughts and his sentiments uh, make a regular appearance on the show I just feel like he is brilliant and his writings are the perfect mix of wisdom and comedy and a little bit of snark (laughs) you know Um, but I also feel like it's this kind of You know, he'd be snarky sitting across from you um, and then just kind of smile. I don't know. Obviously, I'm I'm making up who who I think he is because we've never met, he and I. (laughs) So uh, I just feel like, though, that what he has to say is so real to me. It's so applicable. Um, his, His readings, his writings, his quotes, they're so smart and thought provoking. Uh, they're definitely the classics, right? There's Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, you know, all of that beautiful and poignant writings, but there were a ton more and I had no idea for so long. One of my favorites, uh, I just feel like I stumbled across it and I don't know, it feels like one of those like hidden gems or secrets, but it's called The Diaries of Adam and Eve. Ah, super good. It's funny. Um, I don't know. I just, he provided reflections on religions with a quality of wisdom and humor that I truly wish I possessed. And I just think that it's really important that we not take ourselves so seriously. 
Uh, and I think that he is just really good at that. So, yeah, I don't possess what he does. And so I'm simply going to use his wisdom and his humor to kick us off. Uh, so, again, I don't like to commit myself about heaven and hell. You see, I have friends in both places. Religion. Yeah, what a vast arrangement of thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and people. There's so much to it, right? I mean, it encompasses so much and affects the world in which we live in so many ways. Not just anyone specifically, but the concept of all of its various branches and implications has been a thread through the fabric of our society, no matter how primitive nor how advanced for all of time, like literally all of time, as long as humans have existed, religion has existed as well. I feel like that's really powerful and interesting uh, when we take the time to think about it. Traditionally, religion's a noun, right? So if you look the word religion up in the dictionary, it's a noun and its definitions include words like belief, faith, worship, controlling powers, and gods. But I don't know. I think about it, religion, and how long it's been a part of us, how deep it runs in our communities, our societies, and our history. And I can't help but wonder if it's really more of a verb, religion, a searching, right? A searching for meaning or purpose or understanding. And Look at all that has been done, the creativity, the destruction, the compassion, and the violence, the coming together and the dividing. Religion, if it's not a verb, I mean, I know that technically it's noun, but I, we did just talk recently in a recent episode about how language is changing, right? And if you can change the definition of literally to figuratively, which is actually the complete opposite, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to let that go. <laughs> I need to let that go. But if we can change the definition of words as culture changes, then I think it's quite possible that religion can be used as a verb because it definitely requires or necessitates or creates action. So I would like to talk about it a little bit, religion, but before I do, I really want to acknowledge and to say out loud that I understand that it can be a really touchy subject. I do. Uh, I usually tend to sort of step back from conversations about religion and spiritual beliefs because it's so personal and so powerful, and it means so many different things to so many different people that it can turn into a less than ideal conversation very quickly, right? It can escalate <laughs> quite rapidly. Uh, and I recognize that. So I want to say before I really delve into this quote and into this episode, that while our religious beliefs or our spiritual beliefs or upbringing or any of these things that surround the basis for our way of life, including values and morals and the tools that we use to make our decisions. I want to let you know that while I may not 
agree with some of your beliefs and you may you may not believe in or agree with some of mine I respect you I respect you I respect your beliefs I respect your right to have them and I even respect where they come from because we forget sometimes that in so many ways we humans are a compilation of our experiences our family systems uh, their strengths graces uh, their dysfunctions and their struggles right now I may talk a little bit about where I disagree with something but I want you to understand that I know I I recognize that there's a lot of gray around religion and spirituality and I hope that we can agree even if you live by a very rigid or what seems to be sort of a black and white dogma or doctrine that even in that over the years there's been some muddy some muddy space right there have been some muddy areas um, there have been places where people of the same religion of the same beliefs as you have disagreed right um, you can have two people who have very, very similar beliefs, but disagree on some really kind of pivotal pieces of it. There are places in religion where there might be a little bit of a lack of clarity. So what I'm asking is, as we sort of get into this, as we all enter it, um, that we do so with respect for each other and with an open mind. And I'm not asking you, I'm not asking that you're open-minded to changing your beliefs, okay? That's not what I'm asking at all. That wouldn't be fair and it wouldn't be respectful. And I promise you, I really do respect where you're coming from. What I mean is if is that if we could spend some time learning to be open-minded about other people's beliefs uh, and their impact on their lives, why they are important to them and how they may have come about these beliefs, then we could be a much kinder society in general, a much more loving uh, and welcoming culture. And I think, you know, when we kind of look back, that's what so much of religion calls us to do, right? So personally, I personally don't identify as a Christian. And what that looks like for me, uh, well, let's see, I can't relate to the idea that a mistake made by a woman thousands of years ago is one for which I'll be punished for all eternity. Um, I believe in a less jealous, wrathful, angry God as well. Uh, I, I believe that jealousy, anger, wrath, envies, and other envies, envy, uh, and other emotions like that are actually fear-based emotions that we experience as humans. And I don't think that these emotions are ones that we would experience in our truest form. So I love to say, and I, I truly believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? And so I feel like as spiritual beings in our truest form, we don't experience the same things that we do in our kind of human form in this journey, in this vessel. Uh, 
And I don't think that we come into the world experiencing them. I think that they're taught, they're based on our views and our experiences. Uh, during episode three, Aisha mentioned um, an emotion that is, she calls it a built-in emotion. And I love that. You know, I love that. And there's more about that in that episode if you want to go there. If I go there right now, then I'm going to end up going down a rabbit hole and I may not come back. Um, but I think to myself, as I kind of try to conceptualize a higher power, um, what does an all-powerful, all-knowing, ubiquitous being have to fear or be insecure about? You know, our higher power, in, in my view, is... Uh, kind of a spiritual being in its truest form and therefore wouldn't experience human emotions. Um, I also have a real hard time with the concept of coming into this world broken and being given an ultimatum, um, like being created by a perfect uh kind of this perfect entity creating us imperfectly and sort of giving us an ultimatum for it. I don't know. I just, there are definitely different aspects of Christianity that I personally struggle with, you know. Um, But here's the thing is, I also recognize that it's not all there is to Christianity. I recognize and understand and respect that there are many other aspects of Christianity and its various denominations. I love that so much of what, uh, you know, Christianity teaches or what Christ taught is in the name of love, acceptance, grace, charity, and humility. And honestly, these teachings, you know, these these attributes are also what I love about other religions, other spiritual beliefs or teachings like Buddhism. Um, and while there's a lot of controversy about Islam, there are Muslims who would say that it is also about love and that the parts of the book of violence are old teachings. Just like, you know, some Christians might say, you know, this is Old Testament. Um, We talk about religious wars, an eye for an eye. And of course, every religion has its extremes, right? And it has those followers who are extremists that are um, on the excess of fundamentalism. And the resulting viewpoints, we know, depending on how aware you are of our history, has led to incredible power struggles and tremendous violence and oppression. Um, And that's, you know, just as true of Christianity as it is of Islam. Um, And of course, others. I mean, look at the, the violence and the drama in Greek and Roman mythology. And we call them mythology Um, but how are they really different from, from our kind of modern day belief of religion, right? So, and every religion has its muddy areas, its grays, its confusion, perhaps outdated text or text that was culturally relevant based on a culture that has changed dramatically since it was written. 
uh, or texts or teachings that can only be left to interpretations of languages that have changed or evolved or that have even died away completely, right? There are definitely what we call dead languages uh, and we try to gather things from them, but there's no real kind of confirmation for some of them. So all of that is to say, when I come here to talk about religion, it is not to dismiss your beliefs or to judge your beliefs or to criticize them. Because the truth of the matter is, when we all get real, our beliefs are not black and white. They are not clear cut. And none of them can truly fit into the little box that we try to fit them in. I've known people, well, I know a lot of people who identify as Christians, but even in those groups of, in, of those groups of people, uh, who are some of whom are very devout, who live the lifestyle that people often say is necessary for Christianity, and who love Christ and to and who live to spread His word or His message of love and forgiveness. Um, there are people within, like one group, who would disagree with each other on different points, right? And that's okay. Not only is it okay, I think it's necessary. Because this world is so full of so many different types of people to help us remember with a capital R, right? That we were created as beautiful individuals. Um, and even though we are connected, we are also our own person. And if we were, if there were only one message, one viewpoint, one path to help us find our way home, and so many of us would would remain lost forever. I, I, it's it's like that mountaintop. There are hundreds of different paths to the mountaintop. We're all trying to get to the same place. And yeah, have you ever heard um, that idea or that quote? I don't want to say quote because I don't remember the exact words for it. But um, the only one wasting their time is the one running around the mountain telling everyone that they're walking the wrong path, right? Um, so yeah, I think, wow, that's a whole nother thought in and of itself. And I feel like that's even a whole nother conversation. Um, so with that, I just want to reiterate that while my religious and spiritual beliefs may differ from yours, I still believe wholeheartedly in our connectedness. I still believe in the things that make us similar. And what I want first and foremost is for you to feel safe here, no matter what you believe, no matter what you think. And another reason that I want you to recognize that is so that you can help me keep this safe, keep this place safe for people who don't agree with you also, right? And I want it to be safe for people who don't agree with me, um, for people who don't understand your views, or people who don't understand mine, or for people who don't feel understood by you. That's what this is meant to be, because ultimately, again and again, we are more connected than we are separate, right? And so I want this to be a place where we can bask in our connectedness um, and respect our differences. So, yeah, we are connected. Um, and what I also want is for you to be able to come here, even if you have those moments um, when you feel down or lost, 
hurt or afraid, those moments in which you just need a place, a community, because your struggle, whatever that is, maybe it's struggling with your imperfections, your fears, your doubts, uh, loss or grief, or just feeling out of place, you know, feeling uncertain about what a next step might be or, or where you're headed. Um, because being spiritual beings, having a human experience, we are bound to feel out of place sometimes, right? We're bound to stand there sometimes just looking around us, having no idea what to do next. Um, but what it comes down to, if we get honest with ourselves, every single one of us struggles sometimes in some ways with our own imperfections, how they show in our lives, how we manage them, or how we might struggle with managing them. When we get real, there's not one of us who feels perfectly confident every day and in every way with who we are and what we're doing and how we're doing it and even who we're doing it with right? That's just not realistic. It's not realistic. So while we all may struggle different levels, different times to different extremes, let's just agree that to be human is to know struggle. I mean, do you think that's fair? It's, it's not to say that struggle is all that is human, um, but it is to say that to be human is to know struggle, perhaps struggle and perseverance. I don't think that there's a human on this earth who has never struggled, you know, no human, no saint, no angel that has never struggled. So I want this to be a safe place, a kind place where we can go and where we can struggle. And that's even when we struggle with our religion or with other people's religion or how other people or the expression of their religion affects us. I want us to learn and to grow together and to be able to talk about these things without having to lash out or hurt each other or attack each other. And I'm hoping that you can help me accomplish that. Huh. So, wow, that was, <laughs> that was a lot for what was meant to be a brief introduction to a, um, a sensitive topic. But I really feel like it was one of those things that was most in my mind. For me personally, and this does kind of go back to the quote by Twain about heaven and hell. Um, for me personally, organized religion has uh, done a lot of harm and damage in my life. It's caused a lot of confusion, a lot of separation, and it's taken a long time for me to come back from it. Uh, and I know other people who feel the exact same way that I do, who have been kind of where I am. And for a long time, I was bitter and I was angry about it, right? And I was critical and I was condescending of different religious beliefs by which I was raised or with which I grew up. Um, and I know people now who I love and respect uh, who also feel that way. One woman comes to mind, and I'm not going to name her because I didn't ask permission to name her, and this is kind of... Um, it's big stuff, right? So, but she's someone that I think is super cool. Like I have a little bit of a cool girl crush on her, <laughs> you know, she's one of those kids that you're like, wow, I wish I could be as comfortable and freely me as she is. And 
Uh, and plus, she's super awesome at yoga. And if you've listened at all, you know that yoga is like my nemesis. <laughs> I suck at yoga. Um, and so I really admire people who are good at it and even people who can like really commit to it. Um, and she's definitely sort of, she's a yoga teacher. Um, and she's learning in this world in a way that I admire. Uh, I think I think that kind of sums up what I really appreciate and respect about her. Um, so anyway, she grew up in a very fundamental or what she would refer to as kind of a culty religious upbringing. And now as she heals, I think that she still has some anger surrounding it, which is totally fine, right? We act as though anger is a bad emotion, but it's not. Anger is an emotion like any other. It's natural. It's part of being human. Um, so let's sort of settle this real quick. There's no good or bad emotion. Emotions are not innately good or bad, right? There's no inherent value to a feeling. Um, our feelings are really emotional reactions to our thoughts or circumstances, our, um, interpretation of certain circumstances or experiences. And yes, those reactions are going to depend on a ton of factors. Um, yeah, they're subjective, right? They're subjective to the framework with which we view the world or with which we view, um, or through which we view the world. So subjective to the tools in our toolbox as well. Whether or not those tools are adequate or whether or not we deem them adequate for any particular situation uh, is going to kind of determine the level with which um, or maybe the level on which we're able to deal with them or deal with that situation. Have you ever tried to build something with only one tool? right? Have you ever tried to build a whole something with only one tool? Um, so just a hammer or just a saw, right? It's damn frustrating. <laughs> it's virtually impossible, right? So emotions are subjective and they're not inherently good or bad. They're simply messages. Uh, emotions are messages to tell us um, kind of a little more about how we're interpreting a situation or a circumstance, if that makes sense. So have you ever made um, the connection between our feelings and our needs or our, our perceived needs? It's really interesting to me, and it's not something that I understood for a long time or not something that I had, it's not a connection that I had made. It had to be pointed out to me. Um, and it's a connection that I'm still brought back to on a regular basis. And it goes something like this. It's uh, our feelings. They are a means of communication between our various selves, i.e. our primal self, our higher self. Um, and then also between kind of those and the self that we're most aware of, like our everyday self. Uh, they communicate our needs, emotions do, similar to the way our body communicates its needs for food, um, like energy through hunger, right? Uh, or the way our body might communicate a need for water if we start feeling sluggish or our throat gets dry. So our emotions are very similar 
and they talk to us about kind of what our, I don't know, emotional or spiritual needs are. Um, so for example, loneliness tells us that we're in need of a connection, uh, with another being, usually an emotion that we need to explore more to realize that while often, while we often assume it's a romantic connection that we're looking for, it actually, it could be a friend or a pet that alleviates our loneliness. But ultimately that feeling is telling us that we're longing for a connection, um, which is, absolutely human of us, right? So it's really natural to experience loneliness. Loneliness is not bad. It's uncomfortable. It's difficult. Um, it might not be our favorite, but it's not bad, you know? Uh, happiness. Happiness tells us that something, something or some event met or exceeded our expectations. And then it actually kind of gives us a chance to look at those expectations and, and to be reminded that while we have struggles, we also have successes, right? So happiness um, is no more good or bad than loneliness. It serves a purpose. Um, and of course, it's more comfortable, right? We enjoy it more, but it doesn't necessarily make it a quote-unquote good emotion as though it's the only thing we're ever supposed to experience because you know there is no light without dark right so sometimes we have to experience something like loneliness um, so that we can truly appreciate uh, happiness or we can kind of recognize that we've alleviated the loneliness we've listened to our body we've heard the message and we've done what it takes to um kind of live that message and then happiness is almost like a confirmation that we've taken a right step right and that's just an example um fear fear has a variety of messages that can vary from situation to situation and we need to take time to explore which of those messages are most relevant or accurate so sometimes fear says be cautious or I wouldn't do that if I were you right? Like, uh, that dark alley looks a little shady and you're by yourself and it's three in the morning. Uh, I would rethink this, right? Um, and that's like a legit fear in the sense that it is our kind of primal self, like trying to keep us safe, right? But sometimes fear says things like, what if I'm not enough? You know, fear says, what if I'm not good enough? What if, what if I'm not worthy? Um, and so we have to look at that too. We have to look at where that's coming from and we have to try to figure out what message that type of fear is sending us. Um, sadness, restlessness, confusion, frustration, they're all messages that if we take the time to understand them, they can take us to some of the most brilliant and beautiful places, right? And anger, anger is no different. Anger gets a bad rap. It's usually like anger is bad. Um, but anger is really most commonly a secondary emotion that stems from feeling hurt or threatened. Anger tells us that there's a perceived injustice 
that needs to be righted or that something needs to change. Um, so I think about my cool, alternative, intelligent, awesome at yoga friend, <laughs> and I understand that anger. I understand her anger, and it's okay because the emotion is not bad. It is simply a messenger. It is our wisdom disguised, uh, ready to be uncovered or explored. Uh, Anyway, so this came up for me with this discussion on religion because I spent a long time being angry with and continually angered by any talk of organized religion, especially Christianity. It had caused so much pain in my life, so much shame and confusion, and such an incredible distance from my higher self, sometimes a distance that just seemed insurmountable. Uh, so it only seemed natural to be angry. It was natural to be angry because we can't help how we feel, right? We can learn to manage our emotions, to reframe thoughts and stories, and then encourage um, more of some feelings than others. But we cannot just refuse a feeling or deny a feeling or change a feeling, not immediately, not without um, a great level of, of consciousness and um, intention. So I spent a lot of time being angry and it bled over into other areas of my life. And then one day, I don't remember how or why or exactly when, um, but one day I understood something. I understood that the hurt and pain that was being caused by my experience with Christianity was no longer being caused by my experience with Christianity. <laughs> um, it was being caused by me. By me and my thoughts around religion and Christians and the Bible and any text or scripture or dogma that focused more on our shortcomings than our beautiful gifts. And me and my thoughts about myself was also a source of the pain that I was attributing to religion. Now, yes, many of my thoughts about myself, uh, many of the negative thoughts I had about myself had a root in what I was taught in church and CCD. Um, a friend of mine uh, who I met in AA, he calls himself a recovering Catholic. <laughs> and I know a lot of people who are recovering from their religious upbringing, from the abyss of never enough, never good enough. But it was I who kept supporting those beliefs. It has been me who kept living them out, who kept affirming them, even though I knew that there was a happier, healthier part of me who knew who no longer believed them. Rationally, I did not believe them. But they were a pervasive thread sewn into the framework through which I saw everything, everything, and on which I had built and continued building. But I realized that if I knew that, if I recognized that, then I could change that. And I started feeling less angry. Just in the acknowledgement of my own power, I can make a change. I can change it. And I have, and I am still. Now, um, 
I can respect the beliefs of others, even if I disagree with them. I couldn't do that, you know, 10 years ago. (laughs) And I can stop and I can decide who I want to be in any given moment instead of letting others decide for me. And I couldn't do that 10 years ago. And because of this, I can see all the beauty and humor and irony and power in the quote with which this episode began. I don't like to commit myself about heaven and hell. You see, I have friends in both places. Ah, I like you can't see me, but I am smiling ear to ear right now. I don't know why I love this quote so much. It makes me smile every time. It just seems so smart to me, so practical, and somehow so funny. And I think it's because like <laughs> I was raised um, with two very different types of sense of humor. Like my mom's side of the family, it's like very silly and a little bit crass. And like um, I don't know how to explain it, but a very kind of we have to laugh at ourselves, right? And then my dad, my dad has like this very dry, subtle, um, sort of British inspired sense of humor. And so I I don't know if like, to me, this Twain quote is just sort of a mixture of both. But for some reason, it makes me really, really happy. Um, So yeah, and, uh, and before you accuse me of being a sadist, like me smiling at the possibility of some of my friends having to deal with the disappointing inconvenience of eternal damnation in the fiery pits of hell, um, I should say that I don't believe in the traditional concepts of heaven and hell, just as I don't really embrace any kind of traditional um, conception, conceptions of God. Uh, I believe that heaven and hell are here on earth. I believe that they are defined by the closeness or distance between our conscious selves and our best selves, uh, the closeness or distance between kind of um, our ego and then our truest self, our most fulfilled self, um, and then also kind of the the closeness or the distance um, or the awareness or lack of awareness of our connectedness with everyone and everything. Uh, and I kind of like the idea of purgatory, uh, the in-between, the neither, um, maybe being represented by perhaps a sort of apathy, uh, although to some, purgatory could feel like hell. So yeah, I'm not like celebrating that I have people living in Dante's fire, <laughs> Dante's Inferno, right? Um, I don't have any homies like, you know, walking through the seven levels of hell and I'm not like, Uh, and even with that, I'm still not saying that I find the suffering of loved ones who struggle to be funny or entertaining or even tolerable, really. It's not about what's happening to them in the sort of heaven or hell we are talking about. It's to say that I have visited them in both places. I have resided in both places. And ultimately, I'm saying that I have friends from all different walks of life. I love people who are very different from me. I admire people uh, by whom I have also been disappointed I seek counsel from those that others would pass by with a self-righteousness and an indignation. And I have passed some very wise people by because of my own biases and my own prejudice, right? 
and I am humbled by those whom I have maybe even more than once thought that I was better than. Um, I have righteous friends and I have sinful ones and I use sinful differently, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I have successful friends and I have friends who define themselves by what they would define as their brokenness or their failures. Um, I have content friends and I have friends and loved ones who wonder if they'll ever find what they're looking for uh, and who they are, what category they fit in. It changes. It changes every time they learn uh, or every time I learn even. Um, where they are in any given moment changes with their interpretation of that moment, their expectations of that moment, what they choose in that moment. And it can change a hundred times on every given day. Because yes, always changing. We are always changing. And as I don't think this is where Twain was going with it, not exactly, I also like where I think he was going with it. And where I think he was going with it is here. I have known and loved all different people in my lifetime. And by any standards one chooses to use regarding the salvation of our souls, whether uh, in the now or the afterlife, there's a good chance that if there are two different places in which we go, in which we end up or just pass through, I will have people in both of those places, in all of those places. Because I have loved so many different kinds of people from so many different walks of life with diverse backgrounds and beliefs, and I am better for it. So when it is my time, if I had to choose, if I had to choose where I spent eternity, it would mean choosing with whom I spent it. And that would be a really hard choice to make. So I don't like to commit myself about heaven and hell. You see, I have friends in both places. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love you. Um, and I love what is in store for you and what can be in store for you. And I cannot wait to see what you're going to do in this world. Um, yeah. All right, friends, here is where we will end this episode of Dear World, Love, Delilah. Thank you so, so much for being here. I will say it today and I will say it every single episode. You are the reason I do this and you are the reason that I get to do this. I am having so much fun here and I'm really, really grateful to be able to spend this time with you. Seriously, thank you for this for all the love that you give me between episodes each week, the emails, the Facebook messages, the love that you give me on social media, and the reviews that you leave on iTunes. You guys are rock stars, and I am just super happy that I get to be in the band. So with that, if you did like this episode, if you feel like it had bits of juicy, yummy goodness that can help someone you know or someone you care about, then I hope you will take a moment to share it on Facebook or on Instagram. And then maybe even take another moment to leave a review on iTunes. All that stuff makes a huge difference in what I'm able to offer you from week to week. And it really only takes seconds, literally seconds, to do this from your phone or tablet right now. So please, just remember, sharing is caring. <laughs> also, if you haven't gotten your hands on my free 15-page ebook, 
that can help you take some really small steps to making some big awesome changes in your life, then you need to go get that. It is free, it's fun, and it is found at DarcyLee.com. Plus, I am developing my new fancy online coaching subscription called Mini Blueprint to Being. And it's only going to be, wait for it, $6 a month. Let that sink in for a second. We're talking about the price of Little Caesars Extra Most Bested Pizza with all of its yummy goodness and convenience, but without any of the feeling you feel when you've had too much of it. And the first month is going to be on me. So basically, I'm going to be giving you killer tips, tricks, resources, and support as you embark on a personalized journey of self-love, personal growth, and improving how you feel about who you are and the life you're living. And I'm also pretty much buying you a pizza. I mean, how can it get much better than that? With the mini blueprint to being subscription, you'll get a ton of treats, monthly reflections, and goal inspiration. You'll get writing prompts, mini podcasts, videos, great information and resources on the topic of the month, as well as coupons on cool life, love, and self-care goodies. You'll also get rockstar swag, like a legit personalized care package from yours truly and discounted access to one of many of my upcoming programs and courses. Yeah, so all of that for only $6 a month after you get the first month on me. And of course, you can cancel anytime you want, but you won't want to because it's going to be epic. Just saying, I promise. If you want to know more about it, or if you have any specific topics or struggles you would like to see addressed in the subscription, you can stay tuned, or you can even shoot me an email at hello at darcylee.com. Anywho, before signing off, I want to give a special thanks to my badass executive producer, Wayne Renbure, without whom I'd be lost. And I want to thank you one more time for being here. I truly hope that you got something that you needed, and I cannot wait to be here with you again next week. So with that, dear world, I am sending so many hugs and kisses. Love, Delilah.